If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hello, welcome to episode 77 of Pat Uh Hi, so we're just hanging out in my living room, uh, come bedroom, come kitchen, come studio, come office, and uh, I'm, uh, it's been a long time and I've been very, very bad at putting out the uh, podcast, but I've been busy, but we're re- I'm relaunching it now, and I'm going to send them out on a regular basis, once a mother-flipping week, and and uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry about the lack of... Um, podcastery that's been going on over the last while i've just been really busy that's kind of no excuse in a way but things got really busy and uh, i i i took work that was giving me money and uh but i'm back and this time i'm sitting beside my uh daughter i'm sitting beside my daughter here just hanging all right you'll give me five sister no daughter actually so duana I'm going to ask you a few questions about your lifestyle, and maybe you can give some advice. So, um, Duana, you are a very relaxed person, and say that. excuse me. I wouldn't say that. Oh, so what makes you tense? School. <laughs> school. School makes you tense, but but right now there's no school. You're on your holiday. Well, school's starting on Friday. Are you feeling tense about it? Just a little. Mm-hmm. But. Basically, the angle I'm coming from is that you can sleep longer than anybody I know. So if you can give me some advice on how, how, how we can all achieve that. Um, oh, I forget everything. <laughs> so you forget everything. That's your first step. Forget don't, everything. Yeah, don't think too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sleep practice sleeping all the time mm-hmm. napping is a good idea yeah. um 
sleep in when it's noisy and when it's bright so you can sleep through everything yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what, uh, go ahead. So, oh, you're going to say something about the next day. So if you're going to bed at, at night, how do you make sure that you're going to sleep well onto the late in the morning the next day? I mean, do you make plans that... Do you make any plans for the next day? Oh, no. Not... And if you do, make sure they're later. Everything starts after midday. Yeah. Everything. Apart from food. Okay. What about, uh, so, uh, are you capable of sleeping and getting up and eating breakfast and then going back to sleep? Is that a possibility? Uh, maybe. But then that might ruin your sleep for the next night. Mm -hmm. Only if you feel the need. A nap should probably be after three, to be honest. Okay. Okay. That's really wonderful advice. And uh, I'll be coming back to you with more life advice in the next few weeks. Okay? Okay. So um, that's uh, hopefully going to be a regular part of my podcast. Advice on life from my daughter, Duana. Now, since I've been doing the last podcast, I did a clown course for five days in the Lear Academy on Pier Street. And that was something that I booked a long time ago when I was doing the play in the Gaiety. And I was rehearsing for the play and doing the, do, doing the play. And I thought, oh, I really, I really like this acting malarkey. Especially, perhaps, the um, uh, warm-up, you know, the... Not, not especially, but, you know, I love all that kind of coming in and doing warm-up exercises and learning stuff, you know, um, about acting. And I thought I'd do a, like to do an acting class and get a bit more into it. But I couldn't find one that was specifically for acting that was coming up. So I saw a clown uh, course. And, of course, clowning is uh, useful in stand-up comedy as well because a lot of um, what you do is very visual and I know we don't come out uh, or no stand-up comedian comes out wearing a, a red nose or a big feet or um, a massive big lips but uh, the way uh, people move is uh, even even for the very uh, intellectual comedians it's still part of what you do um, I saw I was listening to a podcast uh, the Comedian's Comedian and an interview there with Paul Curry, who's an amazing physical visual comedian and I suppose a bit of a clown in a way. And he he recommended turning down the volume when watching any stand-up comedian on TV. Look at their show, Turn Down the Volume, and you'll see that they are actually doing it. So anyway, so, so there you go. I signed up for this clowning class. And what did I expect to learn? I suppose visual stuff and maybe a bit, yeah, a bit of that. And uh, I had my suspicions that it might be tough in a way because a lot of clowning is about forgetting your ego and being perhaps more laughed at than to laugh with them with the person but uh, little did I know that it would actually be so terrifying actually the first day I kind of realised this is going to be a bit tough because some of it uh, the class was about coming out and uh, losing any kind of you know uh, acting ability or acting 
uh, any facade that you might come up with, whatever that might be, which you always do when you come on stage, you kind of put up your defences possibly. But it was losing all that and, uh, and doing nothing but making eye contact with the audience who were the audience of the other uh, people in the class. So it was, uh, I, it's very hard to explain exactly what happened, but it was a wonderful week, five days of fr- intense emotional roller coastery. Um, I cried a couple of times and most people in the class did and at the end of the class it was like we'd been through some kind of um, therapy I would say and uh, it was very emotionally uh, charged moments uh, there were ver- a lot of very emotionally charged moments so I went through that and I actually think it has I actually think it has helped me on stage yeah because I just feel uh, that kind of um uh, it's about being in the moment being in the moment when you're on stage no matter what you're doing whether it's comedy or acting or doing improv or doing a presentation or whatever just being in the moment so if you're nervous be in the moment and know that you're nervous if you're feeling that it's not going well know that it's not going well if it's going whatever bit is going well just uh, take that and run with it and if someone's giving you a reaction, you go for them and ignore anyone who's who's not getting into it. So it was, I, I'd highly recommend it for anybody. So that is the I Am Clown course there. It sounds like I'm doing an ad, but I'm not. Uh, and that's what I've been doing uh, mostly for the last, uh, that was the highlight of the last while of my life. Um, now in this episode I'm not actually interviewing one because I just wanted to get one out uh, because I hadn't done one for a while and I've got one coming up that I'm going to work on which is uh, I've done the interview with Peter Sheridan the director as well which is coming out but in this one I'm just putting out a very old piece of stand up that I did and was recorded in Vicar Street many years ago and uh, uh, it's very different to all the material that I do now I wouldn't say it is. It's pretty Irish if you're not Irish. It's kind of Irish referenced. And my accent uh, I from listening to it is slightly different. I have a more country accent. It's bizarre. Now, I think that is possibly me uh, because I became known for uh, that character, Father Damo, was a real Dublin person. I think I was trying to go, I'm not that person and, and talk a bit like that, a bit like that. Or it could have been from hanging around a lot with... Patrick McDonald, uh, my fellow actor, who I work with a lot. But it's bizarre that I have this accent, uh, that it's slightly exaggerated country accent. I had just moved out to me maybe a while before that, and maybe that was it. So uh, I hope you yeah, enjoy this. You will enjoy it. Of course you will, J.D. Mac. All right, Duanna. And uh, I'll talk to you on the other side. So uh, have a listen. Yep. And I'll see you on the other side. How you doing? Hey, are you all right? Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so uh, it's great to be Irish now, isn't it? Irish are we're delighted with ourselves now. We're all calling ourselves Irish names now. No one's called Joe. They're all Shawsaf, you know. And it's all you go into Trinity now. They're all like, yeah, great. Uh, Fikra, how you doing? All right, yeah. 
they all have Irish names in, in Trinity. They come up to you after a gig and they're like, yeah, how you doing? Uh, my name's Cockamillish. All right, yeah. This is my girlfriend, Fwinyog. She's a pain. But uh, yeah, so I'm from me. I grew up in. I'm from the north side. I'm from Meath. Yeah, and uh, I, I grew up in a farm. Are there any farmers here? Pretty obviously, Nobber, Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I grew up in a farm. I moved to Dublin at one point, and my father hated me moving to Dublin. He was going, "What the feck are you doing in Dublin? Taking drugs, are you? Getting your belly button pierced?" He'd be like, "I know all about drugs. You're up there in Dublin injecting yourself with hash, aren't you?" Eh? Smoking heroin tablets. But uh, I, I'll talk about farming now. Don't worry, if you didn't grow up in a farm, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because you, you, you listen to the ads on the radio for farming products, don't you? And you hear them on RTE radio, so you know all the technical words like scour, don't you? You know, and psychoptic mange mites. You heard of them, they're terrible. Yeah? Have you ever had them? They're awful. Anyway, and then there's liver fluke, and then there's the worst, immature fluke. They're not just normal fluke, they're immature. To be hanging around the farm going, how's it going, Ari? I'm an immature fluke. I'll bleed and wreck your farm, I will, huh? To be joyriding on your sheep and everything. And, but anyway, those ads are on on a Sunday. You're trying to eat your dinner and there's a GEA match on the radio or something and then it's half time and you're eating your steak and suddenly this ad will come on the radio. You're looking at your food and suddenly you hear, have your cows got scour? Then use 2220 hypertaxi. Stop the shite coming out of your cows. 2220 Jutamoxy, it's great. Oh, it was a cow at the end of the ad. But uh, also, I, I was educated by nuns. Any, any of the girls here get educated by nuns? Brilliant, I'll see you at the bar later. Brilliant. Convent girls. But I learned feck all from the nuns. Because they were a silent order. They were the little sisters of Marcel Marceau. They were a mime order of nuns patron saint of imaginary balloons or something and I got no sex education it was terrible I remember the first time you know I grew up in a farm right and you know what's the worst thing about growing up in a farm is in the middle in the summertime when you're off school you meet no one you're isolated in the middle of a farm you're hanging around with animals and cows and sheep and chickens and you kind of get to like them you get to know them you know and like chickens are awful hearers altogether you know they're very, they're messers, you know, they're kind of camp chickens, you know the way they kind of walk around, they're walking around the farm like that, looking at you like, <laughs> kind of teasing you, you know. <laughs> the, you know, the little, you know, they're trying to milk a cow and they're looking at you like that. <laughs> they bend, you know, they bend over, pretend they see a worm, you know, they're looking at you, they're little arses, you know. They're like little prostitutes on the farm. Some of them wear leather, leather miniskirts, a little chicken legs sticking out. They come up to you looking at you like that. Fuck, 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 fuck. And they're tough as well. Don't give a chicken any hassle. Or they're like, fuck off! They're mental. But anyway, I had no sex education. I remember the first time I lost my virginity. I've lost it four times now. It's brilliant. But I was with a girl. That was good. Wasn't a chicken. And uh, she was, I uh, was back in her house, and she was very, you know, she was older than me. She was about 30, you know. I was 28. Anyway, I was back at her house, and, uh, and she said, you, you know, and the more nervous I got, the more nervous I got, the more the farmer in me came out, you know. And I was, she was saying, do you want to go upstairs? 
And I said, yeah. And I was following her up the stairs and suddenly I started going, come on, hop there, come on, come on, get in there, hoosh, come on, come on, come on, come on, hop, hop, suck, 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 suck. Then I checked her for worms and I dipped her. But she was from Offaly. She wasn't tagged. Then we started off in the missionary position, which, if you're standing up, it'd be like that. In and out, good Catholic Irish sex, in and out, no messing around, keep the lights off. Just talk about something else. Jesus, it's shocking, shocking warm today, isn't it, huh? It's very close, isn't it? Will it rain, will it, huh? I was like this, I had a microphone in my hand and everything, it was great. I did, because I'm so well endowed. She was the other end of a big marquee. I was going, is that okay, is it? I had my hand on my hip as well, actually, yeah. I did, yeah, because it was casual sex. I was just casually <laughs> was wearing a tracksuit, you know. But uh, it was great crack. Not, that's Irish sex. Now, they're not like that in Europe. They're a bit more open, you know. In France now, they wouldn't give a shit. Like, in France, they'd be jumping around the bedroom in the nip with all the lights on, torches and everything. They'd be jumping off the wardrobe dressed in rubber or something, you know. Have a croissant up their arse or something. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. Apparently. Allegedly. I'm not doing any of that now of kids. Uh, any, any parents here? Obviously, they, are, uh, they must have some parents. And uh, I have two children, and uh, the first child, we, when we found out we were having a first child, we decided we wouldn't find out if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And it's five now, we're dying to have a look. <laughs> we don't know what it is. They wreck you. They, na- they knacker you, kids. They're not normal. They, they, I didn't realise before I had kids... They wake up really early. They wake up at six o'clock in the morning. They get up at six. And they don't have any jobs they're at. They just get up for the crack. What's wrong with them? They're mental. Walking around the kitchen. Oh, this is great. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I'm bored. Let's wake up, Daddy. Daddy, wake up! And they're not normal. They don't wake up slowly like we do, like normal people. They wake up in mid-conversation. Whatever they were saying before they went to bed, they just continue that. Their first word in the morning is and. You know, my daughter would be lying in bed beside me because she always sneaks into the bed in the middle of the night and she's asleep beside me and then she just opens her eyes and goes, and do you remember last week we're on our way to school and we saw a donkey inside the road? I go, fucking hell, what's wrong with you, you little mad midget, you know? But Irish kids never get excited on television. You ever see, like, at Den TV, there might be a, a quiz programme on in the afternoon and there's big prizes, like a, they, they win a holiday in Disneyland or something. And, and the kids never get excited, you know. The, the presenter is trying to build it up, you know, and they're going, he's going, congratulations, you've won a holiday in Disneyland. They're like, right so, right. I hope I don't miss the silage. My favourite time of the year, you know. And it's funny, like, I live out me, then all these kids, like, you see in the city, kids kind of hanging around, skateboarder kids, with big baggy pants, and they're into rap music, and it, it's grand, they're hanging around a city. But it's funny when they're kids living on a farm, and they're into rap music, and they're hanging around a farm, skateboarding up and down a silage pit or something, you know. And they're going, yo, or whatever, hanging just to the cows or something. Yo, how are you doing, heifer? Yeah, you know. Two of them meet in a country lane. Uh, yo, Martin, hey, yo yourself, good man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they might be inbred or something. Yeah, give me six there, you know. <laughs> it's handy for milking, the, well, don't milk them anymore, but... Uh, yeah, and they'd be hanging around, they'd be bringing in the cows in the evening, and they'd be, they'd be listening to Snoop Doggy Dog or something, and they'd be getting angry, angry about something that's happening in LA, and they'd be taking out in the cows, they'd be bringing them in for milking, going, come on, hop there, you fuddermuckers, come on, get in there. 
shouting at the calves. Here you, you mother suckler. Get in there. That's my heifer, yo, bitch. Yeah. My son is eight now, and like five years ago, I was singing Humpty Dumpty to him. Now he'd be listening to Eminem. If I sang Humpty Dumpty to him now, he'd be like, no way, daddy, that's not cool, you dirty big hoo So what I do is, I do, to get him into uh, Humpty Dumpty, I do it as a rap, right? So I get him ready for bed at night, he's in his pyjamas, he's got a big gold chain around his neck, you know, and he's hanging around there in his bedroom. I come in dressed like a rapper, have a rapper outfit that I get, I get in the rapper shop in RD, you know. And I come in like this, okay son, I'm going to lay down Humpty Dumpty on you now. Can you dig it? The hibbity Humpty Dumpty crew are hanging on the wall. Ask his bros, do they know? Was he pushed or did he fall? The hickory dickory doctor might as well be a vet. Humpty's broke and his yoke has become omelette. He loves it. Yo, peace, peace. That's for my, my peeps from Nobber, yeah. And then I get uh, four girls from next door, the big, kind of big girls. I get them to, go, just I give them a fiver each, just to go up to his bed and do that. Just shake their arses at him like that. Just kind of shaking their arses at him. And if they don't have thongs, I get them to squeeze their knickers into the cheeks of their arse, you know. If you wouldn't mind doing that for me, girls, you know, it'd make his day, you know. And he's delighted, he's loving this, because he watches all Snoop Doggy Dog videos. And, and Snoop Doggy Dog videos, the Snoop, I don't know where Snoop is from, but every, all the girls in the videos, they're just doing this. They're just shaking their arses everywhere and doing all sorts of mad poses. Even, I don't know, they could be even just frying up in the morning, but they'd still be shaking their arse, you know. These poor girls, when they get older, they'll be banjacks, you know. Be 60, they'll be going, Jeez, I wish I didn't do the Snoop Doggy Dog videos, I can't stand up straight. They'll be going up to Holy Communion going, Jeez, and the arse is killing me, you know. You know. I don't know what village she's from, Snoop, but uh, uh, up near Slane or something. But, um, and usually they're all around a swimming pool and Snoop is uh, in, in L.A. and Snoop is giving out shit about something. I don't know why he's angry, you know. He's a young fella, he's paid off the mortgage and everything, you know. But maybe he can't get planning permission for an ensuite bathroom or something like that. But he's giving, he's giving out shit. But the girls are not angry. They just have their arses over the pool and they're just doing that, you know. And that's grand, you know, and they'd be just saying, and Dr. Dre would come along and be like, hello, Dr. Dre, how are you doing? Don't mind me, I'm just shaking my arse. Go ahead in. There's a big party, sandwiches, Eminem is making sandwiches and everything, it's great. But, but then, uh, that'd be normal in LA. But you couldn't do that in Ireland, could you? Go into a swimming pool and just go up to the pool and just shake your arse over the pool. It'd be mental, there'd be eruptions. You'd be like, what are you doing there? Are you going to have a shite in the pool or what? <laughs> this is a community pool. Someone will get a Veruca. Now, come on, get out. Cut that caper out. I know your father. But remember when, when we were growing up, uh, we had different books at school. Do you remember like we had Anne and Barry? Does anyone remember Anne and Barry? Did, uh, anyone else have anything else like Peter and Jane or something? A few Peter and Janes. Anyway, I didn't like Anne and Barry. I thought they were a bit posh. But just by the way they were looking at me in the book, you know. And I, I knew they were posh because the, the way they, they didn't say things like us. They weren't normal, you know, like, like, you know, like say I was in the book, Joe and say, what's your name again? Lorraine, yeah, if it was Joe and Lorraine, it'd be normal. We'd be saying things to each other. It'd be like, hello, how are you? Said Joe. Not too bad, said Lorraine. Just saying things, right? But Anne and Barry would be different. They'd be like, hello, how are you? Quizzed Anne. Ooh. Not too bad. Acknowledged, Barry. 
acknowledging each other and exclaiming half the time and crying. You know, Barry would cry. He'd be like, there's an apple. Barry cried. What's wrong with apples? Why are you crying, you feckin' idiot? Your parents throwing apples at you at home or something. And they'd exclaim and they'd pipe. Look at that, he piped. How do you pipe to someone? Look at that. I came home from school and I was exclaiming. I was running around the farm exclaiming. I just learned how to do it in the Ann and Barry book. And my father running after me going, What the feck are you doing exclaiming? You're frightening the cows. And I wasn't frightening the cows. This is the 70s. Remember the 70s? The cows, uh, farmers were giving the cows all sorts of drugs, angel dust and everything. The cows were off their heads, walking around. They were walking around, touching the electric fence for a buzz. You know, they're going... That's a brilliant man. Wrecking me head, man. Going around with their udders pierced and everything. Go on, milk that. Go on, I dare you. You couldn't brand the sheep, because the sheep would be going, no, put a heart and I love me ma. And give me a number one all over, will you? But I put all these words in, you know what you do composition at school? And I thought, I put all these words like exclaim, demand, pipe, croak, the whole lot. And the composition was called, My Day at the Zoo. And these were the first three lines. When I woke, the sun was shining. Yippee! I acknowledged. I ran down the stairs, exclaiming, piping and croaking at the same time. Mammy, what's for breakfast? Tea and toast. She ejaculated from the kitchen. I handed that in and the social workers were sent out and everything. true though but Ireland has changed you know changed it's unbelievable now we have drive-by shootings and everything it's great isn't it it's really great uh, even down the even in Dulik everywhere you know it's brilliant but I, I get disappointed when uh, you get a drive-by down in a small town in Ireland I get disappointed when the locals are in, uh, interviewed you know and they always go uh, this is the last place in Ireland you think this had happened you know I go, why don't you stick up for yourselves, you know, on, on your interview, go, yeah, this is great, uh, this is fantastic, this has really put this town on the map, we have broadband coming in next week, and it'll be the same as Dublin now, you know. You know, and the hotels have changed, remember, like, years ago, the hotels were all shite, now it's all fancy, it's unbelievable, it's confusing when you go into a hotel room now, because the switches, all the switches do funny things, it's not like at home where you just have one switch for every light. In the hotel rooms, the switches do different things every time you press them. And it's confusing. I remember I was in Galway one time. I was just trying to go to bed. And I had, you know, I was lying in bed watching television. I had the lights on, you know, I had the lights on in the bathroom as well. You know, I was paying for it. You know, I didn't give a shit. I had all the lights on. I even had the shower running and everything, you know. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm paying for it, you know. I decided I'll go to bed, you know, and uh, I'll turn off the lights. So I had uh, uh, three switches here. One switch, all the lights in the bathroom went off. I thought, that's brilliant. Another switch, bedside lights went off. There was one more light to go off. I thought, this, this is bound to do it. Turned that switch on, and another two lights came on that I didn't know about before. And something came out of a wall, you know. I was up to three o'clock trying to turn the lights off in my bedroom. I wished I was back in the 80s. Remember the 80s, you had these shite hotels. Like, sometimes you go into a hotel now, and it's like being back in the 80s. And you always know when you're going into the, when you're checking in, that it's an 80s shite hotel. Because when you check in, they give you your key and it's attached to a huge piece of wood. <laughs> and they're like, you're not going to rob our keys. 
breakfast is between half five and twenty-five to six. There'll be no lions here, I'll tell you. It's madness. And the guard, you see more of the guards now on the on the roads, do you? I think you do. You know, I I got stopped for speeding there recently, and uh, you know, I got I was in I was obviously uh, got on the spot fine, which I deserved, you know, because I was in a hurry. But what I didn't like is this, the guard kept me there for half an hour. Do you know what I mean? I was in a hurry. And that was obvious. So I was speeding. You know, he should be a good man. Here's your here's your fine. Now go ahead, good man. It's people like you was keeping this country going, you know. But no, the reason he kept me so long is because he spoke Gardy language. It's not archaic language. They can't say that normally. Instead of saying, you know, here's your fine, Mr. Rooney, now go ahead. No, he came up to me and he went, uh, Mr. Rooney, I am now issuing you with a fine for travelling at a velocity higher than the legal limit while travelling in a built-up area in a mechanically propelled vehicle. I thought it was an award I was getting or something. I was going to make a speech. And then he did, and he asked me a question that always, the guards always ask you. It's like, where are you tonight? Why do they ask you that? Are they looking for a good nightclub or something? <laughs> is, there a good, is there a good club around here? Or, do you know, why? Are they, are they, gonna, are they trying to they think they'll catch? It's, it's a technique if they ask everyone in Ireland, they're bound to catch someone out one night. to be like, where are you tonight? I was off killing a fella. Ah, shit, guard, shite! <laughs> Jeez, you're too quick for me. <laughs> Come down to the station. <laughs> oh, Jesus, where are you going? <laughs> But he asked me where I was, and I, I told him. I was at, I, I'd been at home, sitting on the couch, watching television. And that's what I told the guard. But I told him in guardy language. In case he, so he might think I was a guard. So, you know, he said, where are you tonight? I said, I was at home, supporting myself on a bench-like device. <laughs> while regarding an apparatus with speakers and a screen in the middle. Which can collect airways and transmit them back at you as pictures and sound, guard. He was, oh, dear God, go ahead, go ahead, say nothing, say nothing. Yeah. He gave me uh, no points on me license, to, minus points. I have a handicap now when I make driving. It's brilliant. <laughs> yes, Ireland has definitely changed. Restaurants are all fancy now. It's all like you, you go into a restaurant now and uh, you look at the menu and it's all poetry. I don't know, the descriptions of the food, it's unbelievable. Like, it's, uh, I don't know what they're trying to do. They're confusing you. Like, oh, you might be just getting a lamb chop and spuds and a bit of celery, but on the menu it could be described like a lamb chop resting on a bed of cress beside a couch of potatoes watching a television of celery. You're going, I'm not eating this. They're having great crack there on the plate. It'd be like, you know... Two little sesame seeds on a boat of carrot out on a lake of parsley sauce. Just having a bit of crack. <laughs> and, uh, and I hate this crack about the, you know, the black pepper. It's another way you can have your own salt and you can do whatever you like. But, oh no, the black pepper has to be handled by a professional. I'm going, I have one of them at home. I know how to use it. But I did a fourth course on this, you know. <laughs> this makes my life worthwhile. <laughs> It's because the, the pepper mills are so huge in restaurants. They're massive things. They're so good. They can do the whole, everybody in the whole restaurant in one go. And, and then, uh, you know, when you're out for a meal with the girl, and uh, girls now, I, I, I know, I think a lot of you are under pressure from the media to have no arse or something like that. And you get, you know, and you get to dessert, 
and, and you say you're with your wife or your partner or both of them <laughs> and uh, you say what are you having for dessert and she's like oh no I don't think I'll have a dessert I'm on a diet I've no idea why I look like this now but anyway <laughs> uh, and so you say you're not having dessert yeah, yes I'm not having dessert now I'm on a diet Okay, grand. Well, I'm going to have dessert if you don't mind. Okay, yeah. And so you'd be ordering a big chocolate cake or something, and, you, and you'd be under the impression that it's, you know, it's your order, so it's your cake, it's your dessert, really. That'd be the whole idea, really. She's not having a dessert, so it arrives, and suddenly, oh, that looks nice. Can I try some? That's lovely. That's lovely. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, fuck me, sir. <laughs> Nothing wrong with having an arse. I don't know. It'd be great. Maybe if women had chocolate arses, that'd be the thing, wouldn't it? There'd be no guilt then. You could sit at home on a Saturday or Friday night watching Pat Kenny and just eating your arse. It'd be great. No guilt. You know, we'll have to do a couple of songs before I go. So, uh, are there no, uh, no English, uh, any foreign people, French, anyone? Just for the crack. <laughs> well, yeah, where are you from? Sligo. Sligo, uh. few new bypasses and they think they're foreign. Anyway, <laughs> bypass ballast air. Now we're foreign. Anyway, but uh, okay. No, it's great though. The, I, I think the English and Irish are getting on well now because you know because we have we have nice clothes as well now and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know I mean the whole we are very similar uh, basically. You know I mean we we eat the same food, we drink too much, speak the same language. Okay, they made us speak this language by shooting us and starving us. But still, that's water under the bridge now. Anyway, my ancestors weren't really affected by the famine because they were big pasta eaters. <laughs> Everyone else were looking for spuds and they were in eating lasagna. Oh, what's, the, what's the big fuss about? They were more, effect, uh, they were more affected by the big uh, basil blight that happened a few years later. They're going, oh, I can't eat this. There's no basil. Let's get on the coffin ship now. But uh, English and Irish, the only way you can really tell the difference is uh, the, by the folk music. Uh, English folk music is very kind of all about going to market and buying herbs and stuff and, and parsnips and things. Uh, it'd be stuff like, uh, Oh, bring me some parsnips from the fair town of Dingleberry. You know, that kind of shite. You know, it's rubbish. And, uh, but the Irish folk music is just really violent for no reason, you know. Like you'd have Ronnie Drew singing and it'd be like Oh there was an old man And he lived with a goat In a cottage down by the river Then he stabbed the goat And he made himself a coat And made sandals out of its liver Up Ireland Then there'd be loads of exaggeration About drinking and fighting So there'd be stuff like Then he went to the pub and drank 15 pints In the time it takes to boil a kettle and he fought 500 grenadiers. The only weapon he had was a nettle. And then he can rhyme with any word in Irish folk song, because you just do the word. And in the next line you go, diddly idle, and the end of that word. So I'll give you an example, it'd be like, oh, he was a brave man and very ostentatious. He was a brave man, diddly idleacious. Brilliant, genius. 
I before go, when the kids were young, as I said, I used to sing nursery rhymes to them. Around, around when my kids were young, David Bowie had a child. You know David Bowie. His wife is um, a man. And uh, I used to think, is David Bowie, is he singing Little Miss Muffet to his kids when I'm singing it to mine? And if he is, because he's a rock star, is he like putting on a big show? Has he, no, he probably just put his kids to bed and then he'd sneak out. And then suddenly he'd come back into the room and there'd be lights on everywhere and he'd have his guitar. He'd be up in the top bunk posing like this. And there'd be a minder keeping his kid away from him. <laughs> and he'd be like... Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet Eating her curds and why-hi Along came the spiders from Mars And frightened Miss Muffet to wacky high. All right, and finally, uh, Christy Moore would be there. He'd have all his kids. He'd have a little festival for them every night. He'd have them in sleeping bags covered in muck. And he'd be singing about all the fairy tale characters being down in Lisdun Varna. So he'd be like. Big head of hair. It's a long way from here to there. Dwarves at the Snow White, it's your shout. Seven creamy pints of stout. Sleeping beauty's out for the count. No one will kiss her for any amount. She might be a princess and potential queen, but she's no friend of the Listerine. And speaking of something smelly. Cinderella's dropped one of her wellies There's old mother Hubbard, Jack and Jill The three of them singing Spansel Hill There's little Jack Horner giving his pie a poke Humpty Dumpty playing with his yoke Okay, that's it for me You've been a lovely audience, thank you I'm Joe Rooney, thank you very much, Good night. thank you time listener you give me a review on itunes mo- mofo or even five stars you don't have, you know just give you say that was really good five stars nice um and you can get uh, all my gigs on www.joerooneycomedian.com and if you're living in america um particularly chicago or kansas city i will be over there in Chicago on the 30th of August, doing a gig in the Galway Bay, and then I'll be in Kansas City uh, that weekend doing some adult gigs. I'll also be doing a couple of kids' gigs, and I'll also be doing three improv workshops in the Kansas City Irish Festival. Okay? Yeah, so uh, that's it from me. My Twitter is Joe Rooney1. I'm. Uh, I'll be having you know stuff coming up really quickly I'm going to put that Peter Sheridan one up I've got one with Tara Flynn I'm going to start sticking them up now on a regular basis so uh, relaunching Potter Rooney putting it out there it's going to be a wonderful 
a wonderful few months coming up here before Christmas. Christmas, I mentioned Christmas, Ooh, and it's August, but it comes, it's going to come soon, it's coming. Okay, thanks uh, for uh, subscribing there, so uh, I'll see you next week. Okay, goodbye, 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 goodbye on Broadway. Yeah. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. You can save an extra $10 when you spend 40 or more on a great selection of participating items. Just look for the signs and save at Baker's.